Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise. And today we're cracking one open. But what are we cracking open? Elise, take it away. <laughs> this week we are cracking open IPA 17, a sour IPA from Collective Arts Brewing, which is located in Hamilton, Ontario, in Canada. Oi. <laughs> So there wasn't too much about the brewery itself on their uh, website. I believe it's, there wasn't too much about the brewery. About the brewery on, on their website. Excuse me. Uh, but according to Wikipedia, Collective Arts was founded by Matt Johnston and Bob Russell. It's a grassroots craft brewery with the goal of combining the craft of brewing with the inspired talent of emerging and seasoned artists, musicians, photographers, and filmmakers. Head brewmaster Ryan Morrow leads the way in producing their core lineup as well as other rotational brews. They also produce what they call a collective project, which includes seasonal beers as well as cider. The brewery's audiovisual logger publicizes independent musicians with special limited edition band theme cans, which rotate every few months to promote a new selection of four different artists. So that's pretty cool. So, this next part is also from Wikipedia, but this particular information is actually from 2017. So assuming that they still run this program, the numbers are even higher, which makes it that much more impressive. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Quote, Collective Arts Brewing invites artists and musicians to submit their work in bi-yearly calls for art. Since the first art and music call in May 2013, over 16 Thousand submissions have been received from artists and musicians representing over 40 different countries. Art and music is chosen by guest curators, and each artist is paid to appear on the labels. Collective Arts does not own the art, but is allowed to use it on cans and bottles for a limited period of time. To date, Collective Arts Brewing have produced and compensated over 650 artists and musicians for appearing on limited edition cans and bottle labels. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Get to promote local. Well, I don't know how local they are, but get to promote smaller independent artists instead of, you know, just having one artist on staff. 
get this like ridiculous variety of labels because I'm sure you remember the last collective arts one that we did that had like literally three or four different cans. Yeah, every can was was different. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's just a really cool concept. Um, So again, those stats are technically outdated, but looking through their website, I do get the the impression that this is still a current program uh, because they do give art credits for each beer on the website. So I can't even imagine how much those numbers have gone up since 2017. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Collective Arts has also ventured into making sparkling hard lemonade, sparkling hard tea, sparkling botanical waters, aromatic bitters, and gin. Calm down, Collective Arts. <laughs> we get it. You have a soda stream. Calm down. <laughs> so Collective Arts is available across Canada. In Northeast states, including Connecticut, obviously, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, as well as Michigan and Illinois. And they ship to Italy, Spain, and Melbourne, Australia. Quite a spread there. That's weird. Yeah. I say, so the, the Northeast. Oh, and, and Australia. Yeah, but I, I feel like when you cover the, the Northeast it's not uncommon for some place like Michigan to be thrown in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just an observation. It also touches Canada. That's true. So IPA 17 is actually technically part of their core lineup. They say this 17th entry in our IPA series brings together two of our favorite beer elements, sour and hoppy. And we did not hold back on the hops. This brew is dosed with the perfect combination of Amarillo, Equinot Cryo, Columbus, and Eldorado at a whopping 16 grams per liter, resulting in a stunningly bright citrus character with dank and tropical stone fruit backing notes. Add in a bit of bright acidity from the souring process and these delicious hops shine even brighter. So let's get to it. Amarillo hops were, as you may recall, discovered by accident by farmers in Washington who found it growing next to a crop of Liberty hops. These soon-to-be Amarillo hops looked a little smaller in terms of the cone size and a little more yellow on the vine. Hence the name Amarillo! Bingo! Amarillo hops have a really bright lemon-orange kind of grapefruit-citrus aroma due to their high myrcene content. They lend some floral and spicy notes as well, and they're considered dual purpose for both aroma and bittering. Columbus hops are technically the same as tomahawk hops and very similar to Zeus. In fact, all these hops are commonly just referred to as CTZ, which stands for Columbus Tomahawk Zeus. Mm. Mind blown. So, like I said, there is no actual difference between Columbus and Tomahawk aside from the name. It is the same hop, just registered to two different companies, and there was actually a legal dispute about it, about who got to patent the hop, and the companies just kind of settled the dispute by having two different names. So, Columbus hops have a punchy hoppiness and a deep earthy aroma with understated citrus notes. So, it's really perfect to use as a dual purpose hop. They're most often used in late in the boil, and when it's super fresh, they have an herbal flavor with a lemon citrusy kind of back note. They're used in an interesting, really wide range of beers, from Imperial Red 
to Imperial Brown, to Barley Wine, to Stout, American Ales, Lagers, and obviously IPAs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So very versatile hop. Question. Yes, sir. Have we had anything where they actually call it a tomahawk hop in the can? I don't think so. It's always called Columbus. Mm -hmm. Or Zeus. We did have Zeus ones, yep. But like, who's selling the tomahawk brand? Good question. Mm. What if they split it East Coast, West Coast? Ooh. And maybe Tomahawk is more Pacific Northwest? Yeah, maybe. But it's possible. still, you'd think we'd have it by then, too, because we not like we don't have any California beers. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Just, a, just something I throw out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Equinot Hops, which used to be more commonly known as Equinox, but the name was changed due to a trademark dispute over the name Equinox. Equinot hops were developed by the Hop Breeding Company as a joint venture, and that started back in 2001. The goal was to try and coax a higher yield than warrior hops, but to keep the warrior's high alpha acid content and gain some of the better traits from the wild father harp. Hop. Harp. So warrior was the other hop that they crossed to get Equinot. One plant was selected for breeding in 2003, and the hop was designated HBC 366. And then experimenting and observation continued until the hop's official release in 2014. Equinot is a distinctive aroma hop, bringing notes of lemon and lime citrus, fruits like papaya and apple, as well as green pepper and herbs like sage or even eucalyptus. It's commonly used in American pale ales, IPAs, saisons, sours, and pilsners. Do you oh, want to learn a fun so, eucalyptus fact? What? Fun fact. Eucalyptus is poisonous to koalas, even though it is a koala's yep. main source of food. Mm -hmm. So koalas have terrible diarrhea and stomach issues because they eat food that's poisonous for them. Oh, that's so human-like. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, this is the first time that we've had Equinot cryo hops i know i got excited when i yeah. saw what you got and obviously i could not find any information about equinot cryo because there's very little information about like specific cryo hops on the on the internet mm -hmm. um so i'll be interested to see since we've had equinot before how this is different because generally our experience with cryo hops is that they just kind of lend like a more rounded almost sweet vanilla yeah, they get like an ice cream kind of base. Yeah. Like, is this going to be like a sour milkshake IPA? That's what I'm wondering. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because it's almost like you have an ice cream maker. If anyone's had an ice cream maker and you're just throwing stuff into the base vanilla mix. Mm -hmm. It tastes like, at least the cryo hops we've had so far, you put hops, those certain hops in that vanilla mix. Yep. To make them, which I love. But yeah, cryo hops are delicious. Yeah, so we'll see. Last but not least, we've got Eldorado hops, which were released in 2010 and feature a uniquely fruity flavor profile, including tropical fruit, pineapple and mango, in addition to having desirable bittering and aromatic properties. Aromas include pear, watermelon, stone fruit and candy. Combine this with the fact that it has high alpha acids, good storage stability and high yields. And Eldorado is really kind of an outstanding commercial variety of hops. And besides that, its name was inspired by the fabled city paved with gold because the hops have a golden dust of Lapulin. Remember the movie El Dorado? 
Yes. The Road to El Dorado. I thought it was pretty good, but I don't remember much of it. Same. Yep. It's another rando fact from me. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of did. Did The Road to El Dorado and Prince of Egypt come out around the same time? For some reason, I kind of. There will be miracles when you believe. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think they came around around the same time. That's what I thought. They're both like not Disney, but Disney. Yep. Yep. And everyone else is trying to get on the Disney train. Yeah. That song is just fucking epic. Anyway, that's that's what I got. Enjoy that song in your head for the rest of the day. Yeah, thanks a lot. (laughs) You know what we're listening to after we finish recording. (laughs) Oh. Let's get that beer. All right. You ready to crack this open? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Interesting. Kind of a deep crack. Ooh. Dank. Ooh, yeah. Dank and sweet. Right, like, as soon as you open the can. Ooh, for some reason, ah, uh, I guess I don't know why I would have expected anything different. Yeah, this is a pretty appropriate color. Yeah, this is exactly what I thought it would be. Kind of hazy, kind of golden color. Mm-hmm. Bubbly because of the sour. Oh, the smell is like completely different now. Now I'm getting the sour off of it. That was and sour. and citrusy. Citrusy. Smells like it's going to be dank. Yes. Ooh, I'm excited. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that is so much more sour than I expected. It's about the amount of sour I expected. Ooh, that got me right in the feels. Oh, my jaw. Oh, that is so interesting. Now I kind of understand why, why the can looks the way it does. I'll let you get into that, though. It's smooth. I think they kind of... The... The sweetness of the cryo hops that we were talking about is kind of necessary to make, to kind of balance out the sour. Yeah. It creates a very smooth transition from sour to sweet to hoppy. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's not like other sour IPAs where like they do like punch you with the sour and then you get like hoppiness and sweetness. This, like this yeah, this bitter. has like stages of taste in your mouth. The mouth feels very interesting too. Very like light, small bubbles. Mm-hmm. Very pillowy. Mm-hmm. Very pillowy. For a sour too. For like. a sour. I wouldn't say it's the pillowiest. I but, think it's but, but for a sour, it's absolutely more pillowy than I expected. I think it's pretty damn pillowy. I think this goes down easy and smooth. This is actually like, I hate to say it. This is almost a little too sour for me. I know you love it. Obviously, you're I don't already... think it's as sour as you do. Are my, my taste buds still off? So sensitive, maybe? I don't know. I mean, I, I usually don't have sour things, and I can't remember the last time I had anything that sour. Last time I had a sour was when we went to Two Roads and we had uh, Goza's. That's true. But those, the, those were never that sour. Not to the point where it like actually... Got me right in the jaw. Well, I think the sour IPAs always get you more. And they get me up more too, most of them, because they have that bitterness yeah, after the sour. That's true. Yeah. This has such an interesting like transformation. I just think it's a nice, smooth, just like whoosh. It's like a line graph kind of like going down. <laughs> I think it's really, really nice. I think it really goes down easy. The one comment I will have about it mm-hmm. is it's medicine-y. It reminds me of a medicine I had when I was a kid. 
Um, oh. A little bit, not a ton, mm-hmm. but not enough for me not to like it. But I would, if I were in control and I knew how, which I don't know shit about shit. So <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. I would try to <laughs> tweak it to kind of get rid of some of that medicineness. But I think part of that comes from also that vanilla backbone mixed with these fruity kind yeah. of stone fruit hops. Whereas usually you have something cryo, it's like maybe just the cryo hop or it's a cryo hop and one other hop. Mm-hmm. This is like three other hops and it's sour on top of the cryo hop. And I think it's a lot going medicine on. Feel. I don't know what medicine it was that traumatized you, but I don't get that. <laughs> it's just I couldn't name it either, but it's something's in there. But for the most part, I mean, I'm almost done already. I am gulping this beer down. You are. So it's not like that's a. It's not a a deterrent. The very first sip I got it and I still get it. It affected me the very first sip more than any other sip. The things that I think are great about this beer is that little burst of sour Mm -hmm. with a really controlled bitter and that pillowy mouthfeel. I know you said that it was pillowy for a sour pillowy for a sour IPA but I honestly yeah. think this is one of the pillowiest beers I've ever had other than like this is right up there with cloud source which I always thought was like the pillowiest beer yeah this is this is up there with that I, I find this to be incredibly really? smooth this is one of the smoothest pillowiest beers I've ever had I'm gonna uh... sourness aside you gotta look past the fact that it's a sour and just look after no. that it's just so smooth I'm going to have to disagree with you. This is not the pillowiest beer I've ever had. Not that it's not pillowy, but we have had much pillowier and, and not just cloud source. Like I, I can't name them off the top of my head, but I don't know. This ain't it, man. This ain't it. <laughs> I don't know. This is up there. Cloud sourced headways, really pillowy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is like, I'm, this is it. Ready? Here we go. Hot damn. I think IPA number 17 from Collective Arts Mm -hmm. is the beer I finished the fastest on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a new record. I'm done. I'm done. That's a tall boy. Holy shit. You barely, I mean, not that you've barely touched yours. I just didn't do the damage that you did. You didn't do the damage I did. You're about where we'd normally be. Maybe a little bit less. Yeah. Like this beer. I, I will concede that my tasters are still a little bit off from COVID like to the, uh, the more extreme flavors. And especially when it gets to be this late at night, like for some reason, my senses kind of get dulled a little, a little bit over the course of the day, but I don't know, man, this, this is really sour and uh, I don't know. Hold on. Let me backtrack. This is not a beer you feeling. <laughs> I mean, I do. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad that I got it because it is so interesting, but I don't know if I could have more than one in a sitting, like, whereas you are ready to move on to your next. Oh, no, I don't know if I could have more than one because oh, I drank that okay. so fast. My stomach is uh, feeling the sour now, right? Oh, OK. Because I drank an entire one in like two sips. It's very sour, but it's incredible. Um, It's also a little on the sweet side. Mm-hmm. It's not like so sweet when you're drinking, but it is a sweet beer because it's a sour. I think sour IPAs feel sweeter for some reason. Uh, probably because you're not expecting an IPA to have that kind of s- sweetness to it mm-hmm. or sourness. So it kind of sneaks up on you. So I wouldn't have more than one of these just in a sitting just because I feel like it wouldn't sit well after you have to. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm also an idiot. So maybe I would have to <laughs> and just not care about the side effects later. 
Uh, like is, your heartburn burning through your throat? Uh, I don't know if this would cause heartburn because of the IPA and especially because of the cryo and stuff. Mm. Tend to smooth it over. Okay. Um, But yeah, I think this is incredible. And that first sip was a little medicine-y, but I got over that pretty quick. Uh, oh, the, obviously. That cryo, I'm telling you, that cryo is amazing. Mm -hmm. I think cryo hops are the bomb.com. I can't wait to try a cryo hop in every variety. Um, <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Because what was the first cryo we had? What was the cryo that Tribus did? Oh, Lord. I can't remember. I think it was Citra cryo or something like that. Maybe. But this is like, this is perfect in a sour IPA because that vanilla really gives you that step to go sour, that vanilla backbone into the hops. And I feel like it gives it this nice, incredible smoothness uh, that just is out of this world. And I also think that they're absolutely right on the ball with, with the hops that they chose because you get both an even mix, I think, of citrus and the stone fruit. Mm -hmm. You get a nice fruity flavor without being obnoxiously apricot. Uh, yes. There's no like obnoxiously grapefruit. It's no hidden peaches or berries that you're looking for. It's just this nice fruitiness with this great citrus backbone coming off of obviously the vanilla flavor that you get and mm -hmm. the sour at the very beginning. I think it's exactly what it's supposed to be in the exact right proportions to make it this like slide this ride of just flavor <laughs> and it's just pillowy the whole way through. And I think that's all the cryo hop. I think it's a hundred percent the cryo hop making it pillowy. Uh, I'm trying to figure out which one it was, but I can't find it. Was it called potion? May well, we didn't do potion for the podcast, but that was another one that I don't know if th that was a sour. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know if that had cryo in it. Because the, the Tribus beers that we feature for the podcast are Blank Check, mm -hmm. Cereal Spiller, Bake Sale. Bring back Cereal Spiller and Bake Sale. Bake Sale's I, I so think good. Didn't, they did bring back Cereal Spiller, didn't they? They, and they we, brought back and like we a barrel-aged Cereal Spiller or something. Yeah. yeah. We missed it. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Damn. Anyway, would you like to talk about the can? So the can is bright green, so that's why Elise chose it. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's a, not not why I chose it. <laughs> it's a wraparound label. It's not a, a burn-in or a, what do I usually call it? A heat, heat sink. Yeah. Um, whatever bullshit. You still gotta I look at that up because I don't know if that's the right term for it. I said it last episode I that I think I'm talking out my butt. <laughs> uh, but this is definitely some kind of. Um, I think this is a heat sink la label. I think. When it's a wrap, a plastic wrap, and they use like a hairdryer kind of heat thing. Heat shrink? Heat shrink or something like that. That's what this is. Because it's not on the can itself. It's no, like this it's a layer that you could like, you if you really wanted of. to, you could peel it. Yeah. yeah. It is like lime, bright lime green. Mm -hmm. But also if you really look at it, it's a little speckled. It's almost like dirty. There's a darkness and a light. Oh, wait. No, it's splotchy. No, yeah, it's. I was thinking it was the sticker not being on, but no, yeah, it's splotchy. It's, it's not. It's just not a solid background. It's got like yeah. a sponged kind of effect. But it's very bright. On the left hand center, it says Collective Arts Creativity, uh, and it's got the Collective Arts logo, which is two C lines with a star where the gap is, and Collective Arts above the top. And in regular plain old Arial font, it says IPA number seventeen sour IPA <laughs> with Amarillo Columbus. Equinot Cryo, remember Equinot spelt weird, mm -hmm. E-K-U-A-N-O-T, 
uh, and El Dorado. It's a uh, New Zealand hop. Mm-hmm. I just always forget it's spelled weird. It's not. Yeah. Doesn't. It's not spelled Equinot the way you'd think it would be. Spelled. Nope. Uh, and which then, is why I had to look it up. <laughs> direct center leading into right of center, or I guess technically, if you wanted to look at it, I, maybe it's direct right of center leading into center, is a red elongated decapitated hand uh and you have to make that distinction there's definitely a chopped off hand because you can see the meats yeah you can uh, on the inside of it but it's all black uh lined meats and the Mm -hmm. hand is all red and a nail and and the fingers are very like jaggedy they are jaggedy kind of almost like a african or ancient greece kind of um vases and stuff like that mm-hmm. that you see mm-hmm. with those kind of jagged and lo- elongated sharp features lines. yeah sharp lines and it's pointing up and to the right and wrapped around the hand and wrapped around the finger is this striking black and white kind of cow shape cow colored uh snake mm-hmm. with a golden belly wrapped all the way around with its head pointing up and then these darker green rings in the background it's a very strange striking image Striking was the word I was going to use. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Nice. And there's some kind of like pyramid behind it too that you can, it's there to like create like a, uh, yeah, break just the like shape. a visual. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. It's just in the background. It's like a lighter green with a dark green, a thin dark green border around it. Mm-hmm. If you're not really paying attention, you don't really notice it. Yeah. It's just kind of there to break the colors because a lot of green is on this can, which is kind of impressive that they could print so much green. and and keep it like so different but the snake the black and white snake and the red hand are very striking visuals Mm -hmm. uh, and not in a Christmas kind of way the red and green is not very Christmassy because it's such a bright green but yeah I feel like the the snake imagery is very appropriate for being a sour because it bites because that bite yeah absolutely absolutely oh and the cow colors might be appropriate because of the cryo Vanilla ice creamy kind of thing. That it gives I feel you. like that's more of a personal I'm connection. Reaching. Yeah, and the gold reach. belly because of the El Dorado hops in the city of gold. Ooh, I can keep on okay, reaching. Okay, that might be legit. Uh, <laughs> and update: Can I be real? Uh, yeah. Now that I have poured the rest of my can into my glass and it's coming down to room temperature, the sourness is a little bit more tame. And I get more of that sweetness. It is a lot more balanced, like you were saying. So maybe, I don't know whether it was the temperature or the fact that I didn't pour, pour the, the entire can in at the same time. But I can appreciate the the notes that you were giving before a lot more now. Which ones? The fact that it's not so sour or the balanced kind of note? Both. Nice. Yeah. Drink up, motherfucker. uh so this art is done by andrew prosciutto and just like always next to the barcode on the collective art scan they do tell you who the artist is and they even give you an at andrew dot prosciutto he's from toronto uh ontario so i mean over 40 countries apply to this thing and you give it to the canadian Sorry, to other be countries. Fair, I mean, seems stacked in not your favor. This is some pretty badass artwork. It is pretty good. I'm a little disappointed, though, that the last time we had our cans, they were all different. And this time they're both cans they're not, are the same. But yeah. that's because, like you said, it's a mainline one. And the other collective arts was from the artist series. Yeah. So since I finished my beer, my final notes are kind of uh, tougher. <laughs> but I will say this is. Uh, do I want to put this on my top five? I don't know if this oh. is a top five contender. 
But I finished. It's the fastest finish. Yeah. So you think it automatically would have to be entered. It at least has to be an honorable mention. I'm already at like four of my top five already. Did you take notes of the ones yet? No, I've got to go back and do that. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had that many this year, so. Exactly. Do it while you can so that we don't get lost. There were like seven episodes into 2022, and I think five of those seven episodes I found a top five. Yeah, same. So it's not going to be hard to find what those were, but yeah. I guess this has We're to be We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> this beer is phenomenal. And now that my tummy is settled after having the full thing, yes, I do want another one. But I do know that the other two are on the floor, not in the fridge yet. So I can't. Because we need photo ops. I know. Mm-mm. It's dangerous to have another one yet. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to get a black and white snake to take photos for the, the uh, Instagram picture, right? Oh, yeah, totally. That's easy. <laughs> Just drive to every pet store and look at in the... Uh, Tri-state area. What's your return policy on snakes? You like Morty when he buys his snake. Does <laughs> this snake look into the uh, look into the sky and have dreams about what could be out there? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Snake jazz better close out this episode. Uh, obviously. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. That's I all love I this got. Beer. This beer is phenomenal. Another great one from Collective Arts. Yeah, yeah, dude. All right. Well, th- <laughs> thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it. Share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackonopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackonopen or shoot us an email at crackonopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. And you. And you. What else you got to plug? Well, I've got another podcast. I've got another another podcast to do with my buddy Mike Field called Forgotten Cinema. It's a podcast where we take a look at movies that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own Forgotten Gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever podcasts can be found, as well as on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com because we're all part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. And while you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video series we have on that web website i've also got audiobooks i do please get me out of my day job i hate it worse and worse every week week Uh, how about day every day every waking hour every minute every (laughs) second get me out of there buy my audiobooks uh my name is michael butler on amazon or audible if you're part of the uh subscription program you can use your free credits i still get paid that way or you can buy the books outright. I don't write them. I just narrate them. But I've done a bunch of books. I've got Sour, which is like a Appalachian Southern fairy tale meets Evil Dead, which was really fun to do. I've got Switch Art Fraud and Gangsters, which is like a Guy Ritchie British crime novel where I do a bunch of British accents, which was also really fun to do. If you haven't noticed, I really love accents. I have also got uh, The Final Girl, Coffee at Midnight, Progressive Entrapment. All of these are different horror stories uh, that are really really interesting and fun check those out and i've got the murder of kelly christopher which is like a mystery novel uh, about a podcaster trying to find out what happened to a popular 
horror actress. Uh, so it's got podcasting, horror, and mystery all wrapped up in one novel. Check those out. Uh, that's all I got. All right. Well, a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> this is my jam. I got bit by a snake. There's literally everything in space, Morty. <laughs>